0: Hello and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm Brooke Jackson, your host for this episode. Today I'll be talking with Ben about communication and sharing information after disasters. But first, we'd like to celebrate being a member of the Channel Zero Network of Anarchist Podcasts by playing a little jingle from one of the other podcasts on the network. Jingle, jingle, jingle goes here the border is not just a wall it's not just a line on a map it's a power structure a system of control the border does not divide one world from another there is only one world and the border is tearing it apart the ex-worker podcast presents no wall they can build a guide to borders and migration across North America, a serialized audiobook in eleven chapters, released every Wednesday. Tune in at crimethink.com/podcast. And we're back, uh, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about communication and information sharing after a disaster. Um, we'd love to know uh, a little bit more about you, if you're willing to share your pronouns and where you hail from, um, and anything else that you, you want to say to introduce yourself.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, my name is uh, Ben Quo, and I am in Ventura County, California. Uh, my pronouns are he and him. And I uh, my, my background in disasters is I have been very involved uh, in responding to disasters, uh, providing information on social media, and um, making sure that people, you know, get the information they need to stay safe and uh, stay, stay healthy and uh, help other people.
0: Nice. Was this something that you got into because of a disaster that happened, or was it something you were interested in before uh, before it became, you know, useful in this context, if that makes sense? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I really got involved in this in 20, uh, I believe it was 2018 when Hurricane Maria hit. And Hurricane Maria was a Category 5 hurricane. And I am one of my hobbies, and I have many hobbies, um, but one of them is amateur radio. And for folks who've never heard of amateur radio, what it is, is it is a hobby where you um, learn how to use the radio and to communicate with people and that is locally, um, you know, with people in your area that is internationally. And, uh, uh you, you know, you can talk to people all across the globe using just a radio, uh, a power supply, a battery, and an antenna, uh, without any of the world being up. So that's no internet, no telephone, no power supply, uh, no, no power grid. And, uh, uh, you can communicate with people all over the world. And it, it's it's fun, and I started out because it was a lot of fun, but it end up, ends up, it's being very, very, very useful nowadays um, with the increasing pace of disasters. And so um, I, I became an amateur radio operator to, you know, partially because um, uh, of the emergency uh, aspect of it. There's a big community around it, but also just because it was a lot of fun for the technology and playing with the technology. So, um, the, the big story, how I got into the disaster is, uh, Hurricane Maria was uh, bearing down on, uh, on, on the Caribbean. And it is, uh, I don't know if you've seen the trend in recent years, but, uh, hurricanes have been spinning up much faster and much more intense. And it's called rapid intensification. And, uh, because of that, you don't have quite the warning that you used to hmm. with hurricanes. Um, and, and so people go, oh, we can watch this and we can react and, oh, it's going to be coming in a week. And, and that's not happening as much as anymore. So what happens is someone says, hey, it's a tropical sport storm. Uh, we don't have to worry too much. And all of a sudden <laughs> it goes from a tropical storm to Category 5 hurricane. and. Um, this actually happened um, uh, only a few months ago in Mexico. And uh, a tropical storm, everyone says, oh, it's just going to be a tropical storm. Uh, even the expert of the National Weather Service said, oh, it's just going to be a tropical storm. And it went from a tropical storm to Category 5 hurricane. And um, totally uh, decimated, you know, a resort area. Wow. Uh, there in Mexico. So I
0: had no uh, idea. And it's uh, interesting because I feel like I seem to hear about them going the other direction so often of like, oh, there's a hurricane off the coast. And then, it, you know, especially on, on our coast here on the West Coast, uh, and then it dissipates into, you know, just a tropical storm or what have you. So I, I wasn't aware that um, we're seeing an increase of them going from tropical storm to hurricane. That's really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's and, and you know, I think the scientists say, you know, it's, it's an outgrowth of um, warmer oceans and with the climate crisis and all that. Um, you have more energy. And so it hits a warm spot in the ocean and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it becomes quite crazy. So um, how, how I got involved is uh, I was not involved very much with emergencies and disasters until Hurricane Maria. And uh, I was, you know, monitoring things here and there and I learned that, hey, amateur radio was the only way to get to the... Uh, there's a little island nation called dominica it's it's not affiliated with any you know large large country it's kind of its own own country um and they were cut off from the world by uh by hurricane ria so they had uh, i guess they lost 90 percent of the roofs they lost they had no power system um they lost the telephones wow. and interestingly enough everyone thought they were okay because they didn't hear any messages from Dominica. They said, oh, Category 5, it, is, it should be fine. Uh, and no one called for help. Wow. I, I got on. The amateur radio operators had already been active. Um, There's an active amateur radio group on the island. Um, and I stumbled upon them and discovered they were in big trouble. Okay. And, and they were just begging for help. And... So I stumbled in here. I'm I'm all the way in California, <laughs> and and uh, using the magic of amateur radio was actually talking to these folks um, uh-huh. in in the Caribbean, and actually actually also using the internet kind of to bridge some of the parts of it. Uh, it's interesting all the technology aspects, but um, the important thing ended up being is they were in a lot of trouble. There's no one to help, and they just needed to get information about what was going on. Okay. And I started relaying information to the amateur radio operators there in the region on mm-hmm. what was going on, uh, uh, what what uh, what help was on the way or not on the way. Um, in the meantime, they actually had the amateur radio operators actually arranged a rescue of the prime minister of the co- the country.
0: Wow,
1: <laughs> you know, that's like that's like you know rescuing the president of the United States. Yeah. You know, they they rescued the president of Dominica, the 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 prime minister. Okay, and um. They had; they were relaying information back and forth. About, oh, we need this. Th- there's a problem here. People here need um, dialysis. How mm. can we get help from these people? These people are trapped. Um, at one point, I relayed an infor- uh, information from them about someone who'd been uh, who was able to. Uh, I guess there's limited cell phone coverage within country where they were able to tell somebody else that they were stuck underneath a house. Oh, wow! And that got relayed by amateur radio operators out of the country and I got it and it went back into the country elsewhere <laughs> and I rescued somebody. Wow! Um, and, and in fact, I was, uh, I was, ended up relaying information from the U S embassy and uh, they actually were sending in, they actually sent in an entire uh, warship, the USS Wasp. It's an amphibious carrier. Um, and they were airlifting U S citizens out of the country okay. and they would actually go in and, you know, drop people off and pull them out of the, you know, whatever vacation villa they're staying at and got, had them evacuated. It was, it was a big operation. No one, no one really heard about it here. Um, but that was kind of my introduction to the fact that amateur radio was very, very useful in really, you know, like a worst case scenario. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, and I learned a lot of lessons there for sure about, about how do you deal with it? And, and eventually after uh, hurricane Maria hit dominica it actually hit puerto rico oh and okay. um what
0: what year was this by
1: the way it it uh, it was a september of 2017 and uh it first hit dominica but then the hurricane curved up and it hit puerto rico hmm. and uh, i was involved in that there's a huge puerto rico also had no communications and the only communications was amateur radio for a good Two days, I believe. Wow. And I was relaying information back and forth there. And how this ties into uh, social media is I was collecting all this information, relaying it back and forth. um, And I said, hey, I'm listening to all this. I can see all what's going on. And I might as well post it up on Twitter. And I did that. And uh, I also put up a YouTube stream with all the the radio uh, communications that were happening. Back when Twitter and, was good
0: and, and useful and we loved
1: it. Yeah, okay. back when it was a cause for good as opposed to what it is now. Yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, no problem.
0: Mourning um, the loss of Twitter.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's actually quite a thing. So interestingly, so that would have been it for me. I was, I was going to delete my account, but shortly after that, there was a fire in my own county. Um, and it's actually wow. a, between Ventura and Santa Barbara County, okay. the Thomas fire. And I said, oh, I've got, a social media account. And one of the things about amateur radio is you learn how to listen to what's on the radio and not, this is not broadcast radio, but this is like police and fire channels, uh, official agencies, people talking back and forth about what's on going on the ground on okay. the scanners. And I was relaying what I heard there. Um, and, uh, my, my, uh, followers went from, I think, you know, a few thousand to, you know, 50,000 people <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because, Information was so useful to know. So, um, uh, you know, if you think about what you see on network TV is you'll see the same, you know, hillside burning, <laughs> the, the whole newscast, no context. Where is it? What's going on? And when you listen to the police and fire radio, you can say, hey, I know that that is on this neighborhood. The fire is moving in this direction. Um, we need to get people out. Uh, and to safety, and oh hey, we heard that the uh, that there's an evacuation here, and it takes it takes you know a, a couple hours sometimes for the fire firefighters on the ground that said we need to evacuate this neighborhood to actually you know you getting that on your phone or the press picking up on it. So uh, that's kind of how I got into the, the disasters, and you know it it kind of has kept on going because. Well as i mentioned you know the i think the pace of disasters has increased i think they just saw there's just a report this week that said uh we had um the largest amount of of billion dollar disasters in the US um in t- 2023 wow on record okay like the lar- so, largest
0: total dollar value amount or like the
1: largest yes, number of
0: okay amount. okay
1: yeah and so you know it's it's just a it's an ongoing increasing need mm-hmm. in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. So um, I want to talk about what we can do to prepare before disaster, but I think it would help if we talk about really quickly what you lose communication wise in the beginning of a disaster, because I think that's going to help make it clear what and why you need to prepare, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. You know, what I, I I mentioned, you know, we are so used to having a smartphone with us. Mm-hmm. We have a phone with us all the time. It is our way of getting information. It's our way of communicating with people. We text people back and forth. We may use Snapchat or or Instagram or whatever your you know social media is. Um, and people don't realize how much we rely on that today. And what happens during a disaster is the first thing that goes down is the cell phone network, right? Your cell phone network goes down. The cell towers... Um, only have so much battery hmm. before they fail. Okay, um, and then all of a sudden you don't have a way to say, "Hey, is my you know Aunt Marge okay or not?" Right? <laughs> it's 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 what's going on? Where should I? What should I do? Where can I go? Um, this was uh, brought home very, uh, really, really, uh, a, a really terrible example of how we are dependent on this and what goes wrong when it fails is Lahaina. Hawaii. Yeah. And I don't know and if you, um, earlier this year. Yeah. If
0: you, if you listened, we released, uh, just a couple weeks ago as we were recording this, I did a, uh, an episode about, um, Lahaina and kind of reviewing what happened and, and the, where they are right now. Um, so.
1: Yeah. We, and so go ahead. You, you, you're familiar with the fact that, you know, the, the warnings went out too late and then, the cell towers went down. So no one knew what was going on. And so you were down to, I believe there's a video of some guy without a shirt, you know, bicycling down the street, yelling at people to get out, (laughs) you know, that, that is your, your early warning system because your phones don't work. And, um, you know, if, if the cell phone network is down, You know that that cell phone that you are holding is is you know as good as a rock. You know, (laughs) you can throw it at something, but it's not going to do much good.
0: Yep, yep, that's right.
1: Yeah, And, and and you know, if if I I don't think most people think about how much we depend on communications for all the things we do, and especially in a safety situation, you know, should I be evacuating? Where is the disaster? Where is help? where should i not be going um, mm-hmm. that is all information that when you lose communications you you've lost and um it it can be it can be fatal
0: mm-hmm. so
1: that's why you know as much as people uh, often say hey well you know why are you doing this amateur radio stuff <laughs> you know we have cell phones now we have the internet why do we need this you know old fashioned stuff it's not really old fashioned but you know that is that is a struggle that I often have with people thinking about disasters mm. and, and the other problem that we have is, um, and not obviously listeners of your podcast, but we live in a world where everyone thinks that it'll never happen to them.
0: Yeah.
1: And people don't want to prepare. They say, Hey, I, you know, this is never going to happen to me. I don't want to think about bad things. And if you don't do that, then you're in a much worse spot when it does. Happen. Yeah, For sure.
0: For sure. For sure. Okay, so when when it happens, you know, we lose we lose our phones. That's one of the biggest thing. And basically all of the ways that we're used to communicating. So what do we do before a disaster to get ready for that scenario? What kind of things do we need to have on hand or need to know how to do? Please teach me.
1: Yeah. So so some basic things um, you should do is have a alternate communication plan or at very least someplace you can meet people. Mm-hmm. So say you don't have, you know, a radio or anything like that. You say, Hey, if we have a disaster, here's the plan, right? Mm-hmm. This is where we go. Uh, if there's a fire or a flood or whatever it is, what are we going to do? Okay, And that doesn't require you to have communications. It just means you have to pre-plan what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the first level up and this, Uh, You know, there's kind of levels of how much you want to invest in communications, but, you know, you can buy off-the-shelf radios at sporting goods stores, which, um, you know, they're called FRS radios um, or GMRS radios. Is that a
0: special radio then, or is it like the old school radio we grew up with?
1: Yeah, so it's different. So so the... A lot of people are familiar with CB radio, and that's an old technology. Sure, people still use it, but it's it's not really used a lot for this kind of thing, uh, mainly because it doesn't have a very long range. It can't go very far. Um, um, but FRS and GRMS radios are do have a little bit of range. A lot, and, and in radio, the the key is is something called line of sight, which is how far can you see? Okay. So if you are standing on top of a mountain, you can talk a very long distance. Um, if you are in the bo- bottom of a valley, then you're not going to get very far. And so most of those handheld radios that you can buy doesn't require a license. You just have to pay your money and get them. <laughs> um, you know, their, their, their range is probably, they say 20 miles, but really practically it's about two to five miles. Okay. And... Those are great for your family group or if you've got a group of folks that you are in your neighborhood and you want to communicate, mm-hmm. then that is kind of the first step. And you have now now you can say instead of all of a sudden everyone's lost their phones, no one knows what's going on, everyone can turn their radio on as long as they kept it charged and know how to use it. Um they can go, Hey, Jill, you're down the street. How are you? You know, are you okay? Oh yeah, we're okay, you know, there's an earthquake. Oh yeah, everyone's okay. We're outside. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, that's something that's very easy to do. It's off the shelf. They're, bl- they're, they're actually sold in blister packs at the sporting goods stores. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a, it's a level one. It's like, Oh, do you have a plan to at least communicate with your family and people in your neighborhood?
0: Okay. That sounds so much like walkie talkies when we had that we had as a kid, but like but higher higher ends, farther distance. it's Essentially it is. It is essentially a walkie-talkie.
1: Okay. And that is, that is that is what they are. And that's that's actually, you know, they, they sell them as kids' toys. Um, but it is a, a, a first level of basic communications that you may want to consider, okay. uh, especially for your family. It's like, even if you look at some of the, if you see people fleeing from fires and from, from disasters, you know, see these videos of people, they can't talk to someone else in another car. When your cell phone network is down.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. And
1: you can with a little walkie talkie. So <laughs> that's, you know, you may have two people, one person, in one car, another person, in another car, and you can at least talk and say, hey, you know, this is what we're doing, this is where we're going. Right.
0: Do those, um, I'm getting into the weeds here, but I'm just so curious. Do those, uh, like if you buy a set from the store and somebody else buys a set from the store, I'm assuming those must uh, like cross traffic with each other?
1: Yeah, okay. as long as you buy the ones that are licensed in the U.S., There's, okay. it's called FRS and GMRS radios. GMRS actually requires a license, oh, okay, um, which is it's. I think it's twenty five dollars for ten years, um, but no one's checking
0: <laughs> <laughs> on those.
1: Um, uh, it's okay. kind of the wild west. Um, I would advise getting a license, but they sell them everywhere, and a lot of people don't. But, okay, um, so if you
0: if you yeah, get right. those, planning to use them to communicate with like loved ones and neighbors you may have other people using theirs that you'll have like cross crosstalk.
1: talk yeah, yeah for sure for sure okay. uh, and and those are the same frequencies that um uh you know the kids down the street have <laughs> <laughs> so so you'll turn it on and go oh there's little kids playing cops and robbers <laughs> <laughs> so they are shared frequencies okay so, okay got um, it yeah. So your next level up is, and I, and I advocate this for this because I am an amateur radio operator, is to actually get a license. And in, in all the countries around the world, uh, you can get a entry level uh, amateur radio license and you can use a lot more frequencies and much better gear, okay. even at a very basic level. And in the U.S., there's I think it's a 25, 30 question test. And all the answers are, are, are pre-published. So you can actually go and, um, you know, cram for this thing and get it in a week if you're, if you so desire. Okay. All right. And so uh, that actually can get you much, much farther. And so um, in the U S it's called a technician license and you can actually um, uh, with those, I've talked to someone 50 miles away um, direct so that is, you know, no, nothing in between, okay. and there's also things that are called repeaters that sit on top of hills, and you can talk to people hundreds and hundreds of miles away, okay? Because they all link together. So,
0: okay, really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And there's actually, and there's an interesting um, tradition among the amateur radio community, which is they have groups that work on doing communications, and they um, they focus on, you know, that those kind of bands on VHF, UHF, th- those things are all local. So you have a group of people in our area, they actually have people, uh, uh, you know, you're on a list and they say, Hey, who's, who's on the list they are all licensed. And this is licensing in the U S by the FCC. And, um, they, they actually check to say who's here, who's not. And, and it's a practice, right. To see whether or not. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a good thing to do. Okay. And, uh, at least in our area, and I'm in California, um, it is, you know, men and women and kids and and, and that sort of anyone who can get a license. And um, it, it's uh, definitely something to think about.
0: Okay. So anything else uh, kind of on that part of things you can do before the disaster um, to help get ready with, with communication and, and information sharing?
1: Yeah, so the you know the other thing to do is I, I found is you need to know who is out there in the community that you are going to communicate with, okay. um, and I think too many people uh, do not think about it. You you need to know who you're talking to, and do you trust them or not? Okay, um, and have have you know your resources lined up? And I saw this in in Hurricane Maria, where people were asking for help, but no one had ever met the. The folks mm. didn't know them, didn't trust them, mm-hmm. and so you know, it's a very different thing, right? You're when you're talking to someone, communicating with someone, you need to have a pre-existing relationship with them, and um, you know, yeah. I, I think in this world, it's uh, you know, you're you're asking for some kind of mutual aid, but you kind of want to have an idea of who it is or what group it is, or do you trust them or not, and and um, it's good to have that stuff kind of thought of. You know, think of think of that stuff beforehand, right? Yeah. Who are who are the resources in our area? If we had a disaster, hey, you know the the folks in the next city who we've got to, you know, we we're okay here. Um, do we need to bring some of them in? Do they have, you know, the resources and would they help us if there's a problem? There's a lot of that stuff that needs to be you know thought about. Yeah, is it which is beyond the communication, but more the organization.
0: Yeah, is it is it devastating if you uh, haven't built out those networks yet? Uh, prior to, it's
1: not. It's just harder. Okay, I think it's just harder. Yeah. yeah. Okay,
0: makes sense. All right. Other things to uh, prepare before your disaster hits.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the The other piece of it that that um, I run across because the communications folks tend to be very good at communications is they don't cover the basics, right? So you need to think about oh, all the basic okay. disaster stuff first before the communications, which is, hey, do I have you know, the basic food and water kind of things. Have I got, you know, all the safety stuff for my, myself, my family. And, you know, with, for yourself first, before you even think about, Oh, do I have a wedding peanut cake? Okay.
0: Um,
1: yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. You, you're not useful in that, in that role of communicating. If you, you yourself are no longer, um, able to help, you know what I mean? Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> All right. OK. Um, all right. Should we move into talking about now, uh, you know, in the aftermath of a disaster and and you need to um, communicate, share information?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the the things that happen um, after disaster um, is people are looking for ways to get inf- information to family and friends. And the, the number one thing I find is people yeah. either have to ask for help because there's. A medical issue or they need to be rescued or something like that. Um, or the other, the other, the other big thing is people, I don't think people understand how much, uh, people miss knowing what's going on. Right. So if, so, if there's a disaster, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people go all of a sudden, Hey, is, is my grandmother? Okay. Is my grandfather? Okay. Is my, is my friend? Okay. What's going on. Right. And, okay. um, it, it is uh, a lot of times people say, hey, if I call somebody in such and such area, maybe they can go find, you know, whoever is missing or, or whatever uh, or something like that. Right. So this we saw this during Lahaina. Okay. Right. There's people, you know, thousands yeah. of relatives. So, oh, no, I know somebody in Lahaina. Are they OK? And the mm-hmm. lessons I've learned from so many disasters is there's no way to get information into a disaster zone. Um,
0: oh, not very efficient. That's a really good point. Yeah. So okay.
1: information can come out of a disaster zone, but it doesn't go into a disaster. Mm-hmm. Zone. And so okay. if you, so for example, if you are an amateur radio operator, generally you could get a message out saying, help, you know, help me. I've got a problem. Um, or you can say, Hey, I'm okay. Let someone know I'm okay. If you are just someone with a smartphone and no communications, you are just out of luck unless you can find someone who can lay that information. Um, And and there's a lot of these systems and and I hate to, to uh, I hate to criticize some of the nonprofits that, that exist in the world for these things, but they have, Oh, Hey, check in safety. It's like, they said, yo, check in on Facebook that you're okay. It's like, well, you have no way of getting on Facebook. There's no internet. There's no power. How are you supposed to do that? Right? So, Right. Yeah. And, and even even the case, um, there's a system by a, a, a big uh, aid organization that has a red symbol <laughs> and and it says, oh, it's a safe and well, you know, it's, you know, let let uh, if you need to know if someone's OK. And two things. One is um, they uh, if you try to ask for someone's information, they say, what was their phone number and their last address? And you go, well, h- how am I supposed to know that? You know, I just know that they're <laughs> they're in this town and whatever. There's a lot of stuff like that. It's like, oh, do you have their social security numbers? It's like, no, I don't have their social security. <laughs> you know, so so there's a lot of stuff uh-huh, in the way of that. Okay. Um, and okay. it's a lot easier. And I found all these disasters is someone's able to get out themselves. So, like I said, the amateur radio operators can relay information to other people. So if you've got a neighbor who's an amateur radio operator, they can go, Oh, Hey, I'm going to call somebody up. I'm, this happened actually after um, famously after uh, um, Katrina, um, Katrina, hurricane Katrina took down, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 took down communications. Right. And there, there was, um, there was a lot of uh, communication out, by people relaying information to other amateur, amateur radio operators they knew. So they said, hey, you know, this is where the Smith family, we're at this street. Can you let somebody know at our family that we're okay? And they, you know, pass on a phone number to call or someone to text or something like that. I did that a lot in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who are in Puerto Rico, sure. they have family somewhere else. They have no way to tell them that they're okay. And they really don't need anything, but people are worried. You know, I, You imagine your,
0: right. your family yeah.
1: was... Uh, know in the middle of a hurricane or uh or something like that or wildfire and how do you let people know you're okay so
0: yeah that makes sense um with the with the amateur radio networks and whatnot um you know i know you you just mentioned a few times about how um you can relay information through those and i'm curious if um if there are sort of existing networks of communication at all. I mean, obviously there, there are folks that know each other, but do you guys have any kind of, um, I don't know, pre uh, like, do you already know where, where some of your people that you talk to live? Like if you had to get information to, I don't know, Montana, <laughs> a random example, like you're like, Oh
1: yeah. So, so there's, there's an established network to okay. do that. Um, I have my own opinions on how effective it is or not, but um, they do have a. It's it's actually the one of the reasons amateur radio exists in the U.S. is very early in the 1900s um, when there were disasters, radio was the only way to get out information, and um, so so they actually started doing that back in the days of Morse code. Believe it or not, oh, wow. <laughs> where they were relaying information, and that, that's part of the reason why this the hobby has a. Such a strong tradition in the communications and emergency mm-hmm. area, and so you know, I, I mentioned I was doing a lot of stuff online about you know wildfires and hurricanes on Twitter and what's going on. And a lot of what I do and have done is stuff that the hobby as as a whole has been doing since its beginnings. I didn't so. think
0: about how deep those roots are, but that's that's kind of cool to um, think about it going all the way back to you know using Morse code to. To relay
1: the information, yeah. Well, in fact, you know, if you if you think about, you know, everyone knows SOS in Morse code, <laughs> right? Did 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 da da da, uh-huh. did did did, right? Um, all that uh, came from, and, and amateur radio started around the same time as uh, all that kind of communication was going on. You know, like the Titanic or whatever else <laughs> like that. Um, so, so that is, you know, a long-standing tradition. And before the internet. Before we had phone networks, we had radio networks. So that's okay. that's that's kind of the long tradition there. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense. So, um, you said you have some opinions about the the efficacy uh, or the the system of relay that they have now, and um, it sounds like maybe you're not entirely happy with the way that works. I'm curious to know. Um, what you think there and, and why. So, you know, if there's a limitation that we've done. Yeah. That, yeah. Right?
1: So, so they, they have, they have a, a very uh, regimented way of sending messages okay. and they try to pass message. They, they try to do the old fashioned way, which is you get a message, you know, here and then you pass it, say, I want to send something to Boston. Well, they may send it to somewhere in between <laughs> and then, and then it goes to a neighborhood and then eventually at some point it gets, and and nowadays, I think it's more effective to just get out of your disaster zone mm-hmm. and get the message there. And so, you know, for for me, what happens is during the the hurricane issues that I had, trying to use that network didn't work because I said, "Hey, I just need. I have a real disaster here. This is not pretend. This is not simulation. I have people who need to know that their family is yeah. okay." I had I have texts on my phone from people. It was actually relayed um, from a boat after a hurricane say, you know, we're docked here. We are okay. We just want to let someone know. And so this is the boat name. This is our location. Uh, And here's the neighborhood. Here's our relative. We need to let them know that we're okay. They don't need to send the Coast Guard. And trying to send that through a network which is used to passing it by hand you yeah. know it's like can someone just call them <laughs> it's we don't need to do this it's it's great practice but when it comes to a real disaster why are we doing all this stuff when we can just call them up the first person who's on a cell phone network can call them up and say your relatives that's a there.
0: good point that's a so, really good point uh and you know yeah the the game of you know like the children's game of telephone that you're practically doing with with passing it from one place to the next place to the next uh you know it's not ideal as we all know for for many reasons but um no that
1: yeah yeah so i and i think that's their legacy is they they um don't use it as much as they ought to okay and, and maybe they're using it more now with the disasters we have but there's uh there's a lot of experts in the world who've never applied their um their knowledge <laughs> i find that also the case in in just disaster preparedness in mm-hmm. general you have a lot of people who are disaster preparedness experts, okay. and they've never had to deal with a disaster. Hmm. <laughs> and the worst, worst is, 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 and people sometimes will say, "Hey, you're a prepper," blah, blah, blah. And I go, "No, no, no." The preppers don't have any any concept of actually reacting to a real problem. Um, the pandemic was the big one that I saw. Is all these folks who said, "Hey, watch out for the zombie apocalypse. We need to, you know, stock our homes with." with guns and MREs, and then when there's an actual, you know, (laughs) pandemic, they go, we're not wearing masks. (laughs) (laughs) We aren't gonna get vaccinated, you're going, oh my gosh, you know? So there's, you know, there's a miss, complete miss, um, because they're just not, uh, you know, they they call themselves one thing, but they don't have the, didn't have the experience or the right mindset going into it. Okay.
0: Um, So I'm curious about types of information that we need to share, you know, we talked about uh, after a disaster, you know, being able to relay the, you know, this person is okay, you know, finding uh, so, so-called missing or unknown people and, and figuring out what's going on with them. Um, but what else, like what other kinds of things do people need to relay that this network could be useful for after disaster?
1: Uh, yeah, help. Help is the number one. So, life threatening information. So, um, somebody is is trapped or needs help, medical help, and uh, obviously you have to know where to get it to. But in, in most cases, if you can get that information to the authorities, some somebody is going to okay. come and help you, um, and and they just need to know it, right? So, your local fire department, right or or Maybe it's a search and rescue team or something like that. You need to be able to get that information to them. And so that's definitely, definitely a big, big one with communications. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that 911 systems go down in the U.S. um, all too often. I have heard. And if you don't have 911, you have to be able to call for help. Right. And so um, we haven't seen that a ton where people have used uh, radio to do that, but it is one thing. So When if our 911 system here goes down, I know that I can call somebody else who can get to, you know, fire and rescue or whatever it is. Um, So health and health for sure. Um, And and the other the other part of it, the communications for for, you know, is your community as helping out in your community is is knowing uh, more situational. It's something called situational awareness (laughs) of what's going on, where are the issues, Mm -hmm. what's happening. And, you know, that's not just to commu- – you have to communicate. It's another thing to listen. So, you know, the the nice thing about radio is you can both listen and also communicate. And and being able to listen and know what's going on okay. is a huge piece of it. So you'll find that uh, even if you're not somebody who's on the air communicating after disaster, you can at least listen and hear what's going on and know yeah. what to yeah, b- watch out sense. for, right? So you say, hey, yeah, yeah. So the freeway is shut down, so don't go that way or – you know, the fire is in this area or, um, uh, you know, in hurricanes, hey, you know, this is this is where the aid center is or whatever it is, or this is where someone's mm-hmm. distributing food, you know, so there's all that information that um, it is really helpful, you know, as a, as a part of a disaster plan is how do you know what's going on, where, where are things happening um, in the amateur radio community, which is something that I think everyone should do, you know, they actually share information. So there's people all around town and they go, Hey, we, you know, no one said this on the news. There's no, uh, no information about this, but you guys can't go there. Uh-huh. The bridge is down. Okay. You know? Yeah. That, that kind makes of sense.
0: Thing. That makes so, sense. So, um, escape routes, <laughs> maybe for lack of a better word, but just like, you know, right. communicating infrastructure, right. um, issues. Okay. That's really interesting. Um, other things that you can think of that are, you know, types of information that um, people need or that this can be useful in sharing, if any. If not, that's OK. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think just that it's the general um, awareness and this is a tool, you know, the, the radio stuff I talk about is just a tool for what's going on. And and when I'm sharing on social media, it's not just the radio stuff, though it's, it's a big part of it, but it's things like you know, where do you get information about evacuation mm-hmm. zones, right? Well, um, where is, uh, during fires, we can see maps of mm-hmm. where the fires are. Um, you can look up, um, uh, you can look up uh, evacuating evacuation centers. You can get maps of flooded areas. There's a lot of information sources. And I think on the communication side, even, even if you're not cut off, there's a lot of things that just, letting people know about, and that's what I do is where, what is the s- situation? Where are the issues? What's going on? Um, I mean, today I've been sending out messages about flooding and, and I don't know if you know that there's huge waves okay. off the coast of California right now. And they're like parts of Santa Cruz. There's parts of the, the, the Pacific coast, to highway that are underwater because of these big waves. And just knowing about mm-hmm. that stuff is useful. And that general awareness in this The whole area of communications, you know, the situational awareness is something that in in disasters, um, you know, really does make a difference. And I've had people say, hey, you know, we knew because you were paying attention to what's going on with the fire that we needed to get um, we needed to take our horses and get them evacuated. And it takes a Mm -hmm. while to evacuate horses. Right. So and and oh, our house, we knew that our house was in a threat area. We needed to get we needed to get our aunt, you know, to safety. And it's just that time, that, that information, you know, you don't want to be the last person to know that something's happening in your neighborhood. And, and this whole part of the aspect of listening to the radio helps with that. And, and just the general situation.
0: There's, you know, kind of a component after the radio because not everyone's going to have the radio of then, you know, if you are the one who gets the information via the radio, then how you go out and disseminate it. But that's maybe kind of another uh, topic unless you want to get into it. But, you know, do you put up posters like, you know, letting other people know, oh, I found out that such and such bridge is down. How do I communicate that to folks that, you know, don't have a radio? How do we spread that wider?
1: Yeah. And that, that that's I don't think we solve that problem <laughs> in general. You know, just how do you get the information? Or, uh, I, I, you know, I talk about the radio just because that puts you on the, the knowing mm-hmm. side of things. Versus the not knowing side of things, and it's just—it's just one of those things in disasters. Having that awareness, having even if you can't communicate out, knowing what's going on, gives you an advantage to you know safety and health mm-hmm. and all that. Um, it, it is really helpful.
0: Yeah. Okay, I've got one last question for you. I think. I think, unless something sparks in my brain here, but um, is this useful in all types of? disasters, natural disasters, emergencies, whatnot, or are there um, ones that this tool would not be useful
1: or effective for? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I think it's actually useful in most cases. Um, uh, it, it's very used during hurricanes. It's used a lot during wildfires. It is used a lot in earthquakes. Most of the folks that I know who are licensed here in, in my area, mm-hmm. who are older than me, <laughs> are were licensed because of the Northridge okay. quake. They all said, hey, we, uh, uh, you know, the typical problem was, oh, I was at work and my wife was one place and my kids were somewhere else and we could mm-hmm. not communicate. And they said, how okay. do we fix that problem? And so they said, we're going to get licensed as an amateur radio operator. And so earthquakes are a huge driver in California. Um, but I, I think in general, um, I found it useful in, in all sorts of situations, whether it's emergency. So that's, um, yeah. And even, even interesting enough, and it's more of a, maybe it's more of a social thing because there's a social group built in, but, uh, even with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, we, we had a group who started out on the radio and it's, you maybe you could have done this on zoom or on the phone or, but there's a bunch of folks on the radio who started talking every day and you knew what's going on and you were able to trade information. Um, even today now I go, Oh, hey, there's a big outbreak of COVID because, you know, oh, we three of the people on the net, uh, we call them net like a, it's a, it's a, it's like a round table or a network and, and people check in and someone goes, Oh, you know what? Our whole family just caught COVID and you go, Oh, you know, I haven't heard that for a while, so yeah. there must be something going on. You know, it's, you know, so it, it is interesting. It's a, it's, you know, just another way of getting information about what's going on. And, and it gives you a little bit of a, a network. And that network also operates, you know, the nice thing about what we do is that operates when all the power goes. When the, the uh, in California, they've been shutting down the, um, right. shutting down mm-hmm. power during mm-hmm. high wind events. And that often yeah. takes down cell towers. Uh, they're supposed to, they've got some laws in now and they're supposed to put them back up, but it's not there yet. <laughs> uh, and so they shut things down. No one knows what's going on, but they hop on the radio. They go, hey, I got a blackout here. What's going on? Somebody who's outside the blackout looks it up and says, oh, hey, they shut down your whole part of town because of wind danger or whatever it is. So um, it is useful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, that's uh, going back to our Lahaina example. That's a thing that would have been helpful in preventing some of those fires as if they had, um, shut down power lines. Right. Uh, with what was coming. <laughs> and and that is unfortunately because of the age of our, of our power system and, and the, um, lack of maintenance we've done on a lot of our infrastructure, um, shutting off the power is one of the things that power companies are doing more often, uh, as a safety measure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, some of that is, is liability because the, the the number Mm -hmm. of fires that have happened and and all that um and and some of it interestingly enough and this is a climate issue is some of that damage is just happening much more often um than Mm -hmm. it used to and and, um you know some of the things i didn't talk about but you know part of the the, the what what we do as the amateur radio operators is you just don't have the radio, but you also, Hey, how am I going to charge it? How am I going to do that? Do I have a, a battery bank that works? Do I have a solar panel? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. You know, it's kind of the general resiliency um, and uh, which is, uh, is very relevant in that case, right? Your power goes yeah. out and your cell phone towers now down. How do you know what's going on? Um, most likely somebody who's an amateur radio operator has, a battery backed up radio and knows what's going on because you know, and it doesn't matter. I, I can, I can talk to Brazil when none of my neighborhood has power just for fun, you know, because it's, (laughs) it's there and running. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and before anybody asks me about it, I, I am not trying to say that uh, the power company shutting down the power is a good thing or a bad thing. Only observing that it is a thing that is happening. And it, it, uh, has uh, benefits and costs to it. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, and it makes sense. I mean, most of the many wildfires here have been caused by power lines. Um, So, Mm -hmm. but, you know, on the converse thing is when they shut down the power, the, uh, you know, like I said, the cell phone tower doesn't work anymore. And then that's what happened behind (laughs) it, right? The power stopped working and you lost the cell phone. And then all of a sudden you're tall. Yep, yep.
0: All right. I think that uh, brings us to uh, a conclusion on on this topic for today. Um, so Ben, I, I want to thank you so much for reaching out and offering to have this conversation with us and making the time to, to sit with me and talk about it. I have learned some things today and I'm excited about that. Um, is there anything else that you would like to say? Uh, anything that you would like to plug social medias, uh, charity groups, anything like that?
1: Yeah. So um, uh, I am nowadays on Mastodon. So if you want to follow my uh, uh, disaster, emergency and random musings on life, um, I am uh, <laughs> AI6YR at M.AI6YR.org. So that's uh, my that's actually my call sign, my radio call sign, AI6YR <laughs> at uh, M.AI6YR.org. And, you know, as much as I talked about the disaster part of the hobby is there's a lot of fun stuff, too. <laughs> we, Ooh, okay. we can talk to astronauts in space. Um, we have our own satellites. <gasps> cool. um, there's all sorts of science stuff you can do. Um, and it, it is really quite a uh, it's not just to the disasters and emergencies. It just happens to be a useful part of it.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for putting that in. I appreciate it. Um, you can also find me on Mastodon at Oge Brook. that's brook with an E. Um, and Ben, again, I just really want to thank you for for uh, coming on today and, and talking with us.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully someone learned something. So thanks a lot.
0: And to our listeners, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please give it a like, drop a comment or a review. Subscribe to us if you haven't already. These things make the algorithms that rule our world offer a show to more people. This podcast is produced by the Anarchist Publishing Collective, Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. You can connect with us on Twitter at Tangled Wild and also on Instagram, or check out our website at tangledwilderness.org, where you can find our extensive lists of projects and publications. This podcast and much of the work of Strangers is made possible by our Patreon supporters. If you want to become a supporter, check out patreon.com slash strangers in a tangled wilderness. There are cool benefits at various support tiers on Patreon. For instance, if you support the collective at just five dollars a month, we will mail you a monthly zine. We'd like to give a specific shout out to some of our most supportive Patreon supporters. Thanks to Allie, Anonymous, Ben, Boys the Mutual Aid, Buck, Carson, Catgut, Chelsea, Chris, Dana, David, Eric, Funder, Hunter, Janice, and Odell, Jennifer, Julia, Kirk, Lord Harkin, Marm, Micaiah, Milicia, Nicole, Paige, Paparuna, Patoli, Percival, Princess Miranda, S.J., Starro, Theo, Trickster, and Hoss the duck.